Hello and welcome to the Web3 Podcast. I'm your host, Callum Woodcock, and this is the show that shines a light on some of the most interesting founders, investors, thought leaders on this brand new frontier of the internet. I'm really happy to announce that this episode is sponsored by Lex Synergy. Lex Synergy guides brands through both traditional and Web3 spaces, providing strategic policy, streamlined domain management, and world-class assistance with domain recoveries and online brand protection. You can open an account with Lex Synergy at lexsynergy.com and experience a seamless transition of your domain portfolio with no management fees and 24 7 365 support. Given that uh, fraud in Web3, particularly in the domain space where one NFT project poses as another, for example, uh, is such a massive problem, I'm really delighted that these guys are entering the space. So please do check them out. Anyway, on that note, on with the show. I'm very excited today to be joined by Connor Kelly. Connor is the co-founder and CEO of Flaunt, a Web3 loyalty management program. Prior to jumping into Web3, he spent several years at Roblox, so would be a hero, I think it's fair to say, amongst my younger cousins. That's right. Connor, welcome to the show. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Very, very happy to be here. Excellent to have you on. So Connor, just to kick us off, I gave you a tiny bit of an intro there, but I would Mm -hmm. love to hear about your background and how you ended up in Web3. Yeah. Sure. I feel like this is uh, maybe a a little less conventional than other of of my sort of peer Web3 founders, but I was really uh, an economics kind of nerd in college. I uh, ultimately made the jump from traditional finance, the uh, grind of New York City investment banking to, uh, I don't know, what I would call gaming finance, uh, virtual economies, et cetera, to Roblox uh, several years ago. And that's really where I got my introduction to a lot of the concepts that we know really well as fans and um, you know builders of the Web3 space, digital assets, digital identity, how important interoperability and the ability to use uh, digital assets in different contexts and how consumers value that, um, that uh, experience. And also digital ownership. Uh, Roblox has their own collectible system, which is really was my sort of initial model for what I see now in the NFT space. And it wasn't until I left Roblox, like ultimately bringing home how I got into Web3. It wasn't until I left Roblox in 2021 and started to do some uh, you know, indie hacking, building some apps that I wanted to uh, try out, that I really started to slow play my entrance and just like education into Web3. I'm not a trader. Uh, and so, you know, a lot of the initial cryptocurrency like buzz wasn't didn't really draw me in that much. Um, but I knew digital assets pretty well. And so as I really started by understanding the sort of foundations and what is going on behind the scenes with a blockchain uh, and started to get my hands dirty a little bit with some smart contract development, it wasn't until I actually like wrote, you know, a Solidity function call that sent value from one you know account to another with no intermediaries and i was like whoa this is really cool uh and then i finally bought my first nft again not like a super super early entrance to this space the end of 2021 and i saw how horrible the user experience is uh and and it was no surprise that there's so many people that didn't like this because of all this you know the speculation the hype and the experience is really difficult to get started uh, but then I saw the magic on the other side, this the ability to sort of be part of a community and how having 
what feels like a half share, half membership, um, you know, this thing that shows up in multiple places on the internet is just really opened my eyes to what the space could do. Um, mm. And so that that's really how I really got enthralled with what's happening in the Web3 ecosystem, my, my journey. Really interesting origin story. So from investment banking to robot, Roblox must be an, an unusual path, shall we say. Yeah, I mean, back back when I chose that, I remember seeing this opportunity come up and I like reached out to my, at the time, like 12-year-old cousins. And I was like, hey, this looks really cool. And I, I wasn't really a big gamer. I, like I mentioned, I was an economics nerd. And I was like, this seems fascinating. And my cousin said, this is this is like the biggest thing that uh, everybody's <laughs> talking about in my demographic. And so I was like, okay, but yeah, a lot of my, I was in the industrials and sort of financial institutions groups. And a lot of people were puzzled at that move at the time, but yeah. Um, Although I bet your, I bet to your little cousin, it made complete sense. You must, oh, yeah. must become a hero in his eyes. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so tell me a little bit about flaunt. So you've mentioned, yeah. you've explained your origin story now. Mm-hmm. So what is flaunt? What are you building? Yeah. So we are, building a web3 loyalty management platform uh geared towards enterprise brands and back to like pulling more on the thread of my roblox experience i worked specifically in the avatar marketplace so this is where Mm. brands were leveraging avatar items and trying to figure out how to interact with consumers with these new tools uh, and mediums and i saw similar to the nft space like some have done it well um, but a lot of times brands sort of get tricked, uh, or maybe not tricked is the wrong word, but they end up trying to replicate some of the same approaches that like the native creators are doing when mm. they actually have a core, they have a separate core business that they could leverage, um, this new engagement tool to help drive. And so I saw brands at Roblox, some did, some did it well, like Chipotle was a brand that did it very, very well. Um, but others really struggled. And as I became enthralled with Web3, like I mentioned in my origin story, you know, I saw sim- very similar patterns. And, um, and so ultimately, the ability to leverage these new types of tools uh, to engage customers and really mm-hmm. make it these new types of experiences accessible to all of the millions of customers in your customer database, not just a sliver of people that have figured out the 12 word seed phrase, um, you know, friction that exists today in the Web3 ecosystem. So what we're building is an end to end loyalty management platform that allows you to create, distribute, reward, you know, support a community and a marketplace and ultimately quantify the overall impact with analytics. The first sliver of that platform that we're focused on delivering is really on the rewards piece. There's a lot, there's a lot in there. There's a lot in that product vision. And there's certain things today that are, that are being done pretty well. Like there's a lot of no code smart contract creators. Um, but mainly uh, like a lot of the tools appeal to web three native audiences. So yes, really making these new types of experiences accessible to anybody is a huge focus for us. And then focusing on the rewards. There's lots of communities out there that have bought in to, you know, prepaid revenue for a a community or a membership and were promised benefits that are just not getting delivered. Um, Mm. And so really enabling a totally frictionless uh, white labeled experience where you can uh, distribute 
perks and benefits that are integrated with your core business um, is the first sort of narrow uh, offering that we're bringing to market uh, before the end of the year. So I'm curious to understand because loyalty programs aren't new in the conventional in the conventional yep. sense. You know, um, you can get a, a card for a supermarket or a clothing brand over here, for example. Why bring them on chain? I'm curious yep. to understand. You've mentioned a few of the benefits there, but what where is kind of Web three uniquely placed to, <clears throat> yeah. uh, to create value in this space? It's a good question. I think there are like a lot. This is obviously a question that comes up in so many different forms as you're talking to. Um, as we're talking to brands, uh, yeah. but ultimately I, and, and I came at the loyalty marketing sort of and customer engagement marketing industry, yes. uh, late, uh, and, and recent, and I actually, you know, more grounded experience in games, but my, my perspective on what loyalty programs are is they're essentially brand games. Yeah. Um, they exist to motivate customers, to increase their brand, uh, affinity and the propensity to choose that brand over a competitor's brand. And I think that uh, digital and, and they're orchestrated with digital assets, currencies, memberships, etc. cetera. Uh, when you put some of these important loyalty assets on a, and I'm not even going to use like on chain, like in a neutral place that can be recognized on your Instagram profile, open up an exclusive discord um, potentially add an avatar item and a metaverse experience and just like, and also a discount at the counter. You just enable them to add more value to more and, and more context for your customers. And so, and, and they can also function in a tradable manner if depending on the program structure and they can almost sort of be the, like I mentioned earlier, the membership like shares in a company and sort of blend the relationship of a customer between a customer a shareholder, a yes. employee, a salesperson. And so I ultimately, I think it allows you to play really, really powerful games uh, alongside your customers and make being a part of your brand game way more interesting and important than being a part of a traditional loyalty program game. So that's sort of the high, high level view that, that I hold. So, so I think that's really interesting. Sorry to slightly interrupt you there, but no. A trend that I've really seen in Web3, and, and you've already referenced during this podcast, is almost the kind of build in public, like your audience becomes your customers. And mm -hmm. this is almost allowing traditional brands, if I can call them traditional brands, um, access that same sort of community in that same sense that they are, you know, they can, they can run new ideas past an existing community that has an incentive to be engaged with them beyond simply, mm -hmm. you know, I dress in Nike because I think that kind of streetwear is cool. Type vibe. Mm -hmm. I think that's super interesting. That makes intuitive sense to me. Um, I guess the, the obvious place to to take this conversation next would be like the innovation that you're seeing in the space. Yeah. So, you know, what what other cool ideas have people come up with for loyalty tokens? So you've mentioned mm -hmm. everything there from discounts to potential like metaverse integrations. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm I'm curious to explore that a little bit more. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to break this and this answer into two pieces. One because what and you know, what I started talking about at the beginning was there are cool new relationships that brands and communities are able to have with their members yeah. that today, most, the average consumer cannot have those because yeah. the participating um, is just, there's too much friction. And so I think that there's a lot of innovations that are happening to just make what we know and love today 
accessible to a broader audience. And that feels like one category of innovations. And, um, you know, some of the just like email uh, based custodial wallet options that are out there, like to name a few, like magic.link, web three auth. Like I, I love those products. And I, uh, I think that making signing up and participating in in this kind of experience easier than signing up for Instagram is, uh, is an important innovation that I think will continue to develop. Um, and I'm eager to help, you know, uh, be a part of that, that another, uh, really interesting, you know, innovation that I'm seeing is collaborations and just creating like ecosystems of yes. benefits. Uh, and I think that that is where the actual, like why put something on chain and my answer before powerful brand games, a deeper relationship with customers, more efficient customer acquisition, and ultimately some interesting new revenue streams. You as a brand can add value to members of a different web three loyalty program permissionlessly. Like you can say, I'm going to add certain and administer certain benefits to holders of other NFTs. And so uh, the idea of just like permissionless perks and also enabling systems, there there are certain uh, companies that are starting to introduce ways for um, if you have a community of NFT holders, uh, you can have all of these third parties sort of permissionlessly start to enter your ecosystem and add value to your holders. And I think that is a really, really cool and, and and I think is where the future of sort of an open loyalty ecosystem is going. Um, and then, you know, I think soulbound tokens are really interesting because I think that brands should ultimately have the maximum flexibility. Uh, they should be able to make tokens tradable or non-tradable. Uh, and so I think that that's interesting. The ability to stake NFTs because a lot of brands, the idea of having a tradable membership is just like crosses wires. It's like, well, that's not loyalty to me. Um, and so, yeah. but the uh, there's been, you know, I've observed some uh, ecosystems where you can lock up your NFT and that can unlock more perks by sort of furthering your investment in the brand uh, and, and deciding not to sell. And then finally, uh, especially in the context of loyalty, like mo- the 2021 and even into 2022, the main main playbook was selling NFTs, getting prepaid revenue, and then like promising a roadmap of benefits. But ultimately, our view is that the vast majority of uh, NFTs and and tokens that are distributed are going to be quote unquote free and rewarding behavior, and that's where I think the real opportunity for brands is to reward customers in their CRM with a super, super simple claiming process that doesn't force you to have already created a uh, self-custody wallet. And so claiming tokens, I think even the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade uh, here in the US, uh, they put on uh, an awesome experience, but I think that it can get even better. So that's another innovation that I'm really looking forward to uh, to see and come to fruition. That's really interesting. That's really interesting. I, I guess the, the one bit that we haven't touched on so far that clearly is a benefit of digitizing mm-hmm. all of this, let alone kind of putting it on chain, is the analytics piece that you mm-hmm. mentioned at the beginning. So what mm-hmm. can, you know, what analytics do you provide and mm-hmm. what can brands learn from your analytics? Presumably yeah. 
they get way more detail than they would if they were simply selling, I don't know, like a, you know, imagine like a Costco membership, right? You know, they can, they, they can get way more in depth as to how their customers are interacting with their brand than uh-huh. they otherwise would. So yeah. I'd, I'd love to hear about that. Yeah, I think that the, uh, the analytics can be broken into a few pieces. One is just making sure that even if you are selling NFTs and they're tradable, there is the sort of minting proceeds that you reap. There are the royalties that you, um, that you uh, have the opportunity to reap and combining those revenue streams with, if you're a brand, like I mentioned, you have an existing core business. So ultimately what you're trying to do is maximize the, uh, the engagement, obviously the value that you're delivering to your customers, but importantly, the incremental revenue that may come in the form of the uh, token sale proceeds, but also mapping that and having a holistic view um, with an integration with your you know, core CRM so that you can see what is the overall impact, both in the off-chain world, like at the, at the counter, as well as the on-chain world. So I think that that is just an important view that brands don't have today that are participating in this ecosystem um, that we are eager to provide, as well as you know, what perks are working, what are not. So some of those redemption analytics. But ultimately, especially for those that are crypto native, that have the same wallet that is participating in lots of different communities, has acquired lots of tokens, there's a huge opportunity to, uh, even if you are taking the first step, because a lot of brands that we're talking to want to take a crawl, walk, run approach. And Mm. so if you are taking a crawl approach where you are really just focused on reaching a Web3 native audience, you have the opportunity uh, goes beyond just understanding and the incremental revenue there, but seeing once you sort of add that wallet to your CRM, that their wallet address, you have visibility into a lot of different, uh, all the different things that they're interacting with. And you can really learn about uh, what your customers like. So there's a huge uh, analytics uh, piece that comes with that. And then Part of what I mentioned was on the community side, um, we are uh, building community features that allow you to aggregate your community uh, in a for really high value actions and, and do so at scale that is really tough to manage in Discord. I know I have Discord fatigue uh, and I'm sure I'm not alone. And it's just a really big investment, particularly for brands that are sh- trying to take a step in the direction of a Web3 loyalty program, a community is a huge piece. And so one thing that we are building as well as, you know, aggregating people for votes, proposals, et cetera, on your owned and operated properties, being able to reward that interaction um, is insight. And so understanding what your community wants uh, and sort of leveraging them as a, you know, as a focus group uh, is another uh, analytic source that we're investing in. I'm always curious to understand, because I can I can see the, the value, but how has the reaction been so far from the enterprises that you're you're selling to or that you're pitching yep. to? Is there a big education piece that goes with it? So saying, look, this is why it's relevant. This is how it works. Yeah. And do you find it's correlated with the hype that surrounds Web three? For example, you know, would you expect the whole FTX debacle? Mm-hmm. To, to have an impact on the way that these brands are looking at Web3 technologies in general, or do they exist in isolation, do you think? Yeah. 
Well, I'll just ask you 14 questions in one. But um. yeah, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick them <laughs> off, and they're really they're really good ones. So the first one, just like brand education, like oh my gosh, yes, like ed- education has been a huge part of our go to market with uh, uh, with brands, and we've actually molded our offering and have are developing a, a studio offering because a lot of times the problems that brands need to solve is like, what's their way in? They have really, especially enterprise brands have really big, complex requirements and needs. And so understanding like what, how they should get started and sort of on their journey to ultimately a program um, is, is really important. And so we are in the business of solving problems. And so that is one that we partner with uh, external agencies, and we also just offer our own studio, you know, offering uh, to help brands think through that uh, that challenge. So education's huge. Uh, the other, you know, questions with FTX, like it's really unfortunate. Like I told you, I'm not a trader. Like I am. Neither was he, by the looks of things. <laughs> right. Um, and so I, uh, you know, I think that. It's not every conversation, but there certainly are, the fact of the matter is a lot of people just blend all this stuff together. I actually haven't really found it to be an issue in my world. It's pretty, like, I, I consider what we're doing, you know, uh, very independent of yes. everything that's going the on there. versus the speculation. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, so it, it hasn't been an issue, but just... Uh, with like brand conversations, but uh, it's just unfortunate because we're in an early space with a lot of different sort of pieces and they all get blended together. Uh, But so it's just more of a what's going on in the news type of distraction. Yeah, I can. I'm glad to hear that. And my bet, well, I don't think it's a particularly unique (laughs) view, but my bet is that we're now going to see more of a diversion between what's regarded as crypto and what's regarded as as Web3. And of course, yeah. there's always going to be that crossover. Yeah. But I think those that are building technologies kind of independent of the need for speculation and hype, et cetera, like yourselves, yeah. um, are going to try and draw, draw that line in the sand more firmly. And obviously, there's going to be a number of other trends like yeah. decentralization and self-custody becoming more important. But it's interesting to hear, to hear you say that. Um, yeah. I guess that brings us on to... Uh, an obvious question now, which would be what you see the kind of challenges in the Web3 mm-hmm. space to be. I know during our prep call, we spoke about accessibility and you kind of hinted at it there, but I'm curious yeah. to hear what you see as the the headwinds. Yeah, I mean, I think they've sort of come up organically in our conversation already, but like <laughs> the user experience and just like self-custody wallets, whenever you're introducing like new user experience patterns, um, that that also typically don't have a, uh, a a particularly like easy to use interface. Like I still use MetaMask. I still have pain and issues, you know, with the Chrome extensions. Maybe it's because like I'm way overdue for a new computer. But uh, <laughs> but still, like even once you figure it out, there are still pains reconnecting your wallet all of the time. Um, so uh, I think the user experience hurdles are. Uh, are great. Um, and also, we already mentioned the speculation and sort of trading like culture, the like, hey, I like, got, you know, rich on this NFT, like, and that's why NFTs are so great. Like, that is not what's going to get people excited about 
these new, like powerful, exciting digital assets. Um, yeah. And so I think that those two things together were just like the recipe uh, for why so many people have violent, you know, op- uh, reactions. Um, mm. And another, another one is uh, just, I think that's only going to make things more and more powerful. Like when some people, when they see Instagram, you know, ad support for NFTs, they're like, Oh, you know, like meta, like they have, you know, uh, views that that's negative. I see it as positive. Like the, the, the value for me, um, one of the key value propositions of NFTs in particular, but tokens more broadly is that you, as a consumer, like you can bring your digital identity wherever you go and you can ultimately maybe on Instagram, there will be token gated, uh, chats and, and they're similar to what is possible on discord. And the more places that honor your like owned digital identity, like, I think that is awesome. And so I am, I think that is a hurdle, uh, but I think it the dominoes are falling. Like even from when we in, initially really started exploring Flaunt, yeah, there's been so much progress made, and so I'm really optimistic. And uh, I, I'm optimistic about all of these challenges, um, but that one in particular uh, is a challenge. But I think there's a path forward. And what does the team look like at Flaunt? Yeah, at the moment. So team is pretty, our approach has been to a lean sort of high powered team. I built our first, the first version of our product prior to hiring a, uh, a CTO uh, when we were sort of experimenting and running some campaigns with smaller uh, brands. And uh, so now we have uh, myself as CEO, we have uh, our uh, co-founder and C chief revenue officer uh, and our Chief Technology Officer, who um, has been a longtime builder in the the Web three space, and we're really focused on hiring an engineering pretty heavy team. Um, but the other important team member we have is High Alpha. High Alpha is a venture studio that started by the folks that uh, were former founders of Salesforce Marketing Cloud, and so they they are experts in B two B SaaS and uh, have started and scaled I think something over thirty B two B SaaS companies. So they're sort of uh, they're really really valued team members and co-founders as well. That's great. Um, yeah, I'm very impressed you built the first version of the product. By the way, that's uh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, my our CTO has told given me a, a strong no more coding <laughs> um, mandate. So uh, nice. I have to do stuff in my spare time. Nice. Um, and then final few questions from me. What are the resources that have had a profound impact? on you over the course of your career or life they don't necessarily have to be web3 but i'm always curious to ask that question yeah so i mean so many like teachers like people uh you know my um my high school football coach was my uh father-in-law or was my is my father-in-law uh, nice. i married his daughter so like you know i've had so many influences uh over the years but uh, really like my experience at Roblox, like the engineers there, the, the founder, um, Dave Bazuki, uh, you know, that was a huge, uh, change the trajectory of my career, focusing on like consumer digital assets and stuff. And mm. so I'm grateful to have had that perspective because the web three world is like a wild ride. There's all sorts of, you know, regulation there's, and so the fact that I have seen 
what digital assets like mean and can do for yeah. consumer experiences. Like I'm really grateful uh, for that experiences, but also on the web three side, like crypto zombies, you know, just like get it, getting uh, all these sort of speed run Austin Griffith with scaffold ETH, like was really valuable for me sort of getting up to speed on smart contract development. So um, I'm really grateful to a lot of people that have are really dedicate themselves to teaching uh, in the space because without them, like I might not have really connected the dots. That's amazing. And I'll, I'll put links to um, crypto zombies, etc. in the yeah, show. I'll, I'll give them to you. want to check them out. Um, final couple of questions. So I'm afraid you're a little bit unlucky by appearing on this particular season of the podcast, Connor, because we've just introduced this new way of doing things where you have to answer a question that a previous mm. guest has left for you. And then afterwards, you have to tell me what question you want to leave for the next guest. Okay. So your question, I think it's actually a really interesting one, which is what would you... What do you wish you could tell your 18-year-old self from, with the benefit of hindsight? Probably yeah. something about marrying your football coach's daughter, I imagine. Yeah, that works. <laughs> it, might be more, it might be more profound than that. So yeah. what do you think? Okay, I'll try to keep it brief because I know we're, you know we're running up here. But um, I would say uh, I like focus on what is interesting and important to you um take advice and influence as and sort of like what is going on with the crowd as just one input to your overall you know uh utility function um that's something i as i as the more i have developed in my career i have grown better and better and better at um and i think i was still decent at it back then but i just would tell my 18 year old self like you're on the right track by like sticking to your guns and forming your points of view that's awesome i love that and then final question if people want to get in touch with you either to check out flaunt or to ask you any questions about mm -hmm. anything that you said on this podcast what are the best platforms to get you on uh linkedin is probably the best and also twitter i'm still a noob on twitter just sort of like following along the the wave that is uh the wild ride that is crypto twitter um but linkedin connor kelly uh my twitter handle is ck all day 18 um, which is also my roblox handle and then flaunt nft on uh on twitter again you can check all of that out in the show notes connor Best of luck with Floor. This has been an incredible conversation. Thanks, thank you so much for hopping on the pod. Thanks. Pleasure to be here. A huge thank you to, to our sponsor, Lex Synergy. As a reminder, Lex Synergy guides brands through both traditional and Web3 spaces, providing strategic policy, streamlined domain management, and world-class assistant with domain recoveries and online brand protection. You can open an account with Lex Synergy at lexsynergy.com today and experience a seamless transition of your domain portfolio with no management fees and 24-7 year-round support. If you enjoyed this episode, please do rate us five stars. And to see other episodes of this podcast, you can find us online at www.theweb3podcast.xyz. If you want to reach out to me, you can find me on Twitter. My handle is at Callum Wooders. And if you have any suggestions for future episodes or things that you would like to see, please let us know as well. This has been the Web3 Podcast. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next time.